0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, o Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through him, and without him, nothing came to be. What came to be through him was life, and this life was the light of the human race. A light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony, to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came to be through him, but the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, but his own people did not accept him. But to those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not by natural generation, nor by human choice, nor by a man's decision, but of God. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we saw his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, The one who is coming after me ranks ahead of me, Because he existed before me. From his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace. Because while the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only son God who is at the father's side has revealed him.
1: Continue to celebrate this mystery of the Incarnation through this liturgy of Christmas. And yesterday at the Vigil Mass, we read the Gospel of Luke, and the Vigil Mass of Christmas presents the how of Christmas. It narrates the Christmas story, it speaks of the angels, the shepherds, Joseph and Mary, the first. Christmas, the Bethlehem of Christmas. And today we read in the Gospel the reading of the prologue of John, John 1 1 18. This section of the Gospel narrates not so much the how, but the what, and especially the why of Christmas, the why of the Incarnation. It's a beautiful section of the gospel if you could one day go and take a whole day of retreat just take john one it's like those chapters are so powerful john begins the prologue saying in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god so in the beginning before anything existed Before the creation of this universe, the Word was with God. The Word was God. Jesus was already the Word before becoming one of us. And then in the climax of that section of the prologue, it says, And the (coughs) Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The Word Christ, the Logos, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The proper translation is he pitched his tent. He put a tent in the middle of this history, in the middle of this universe. God chose to dwell among us. And that's what we celebrate in Christmas. That's the what of Christmas. But what is the why of Christmas? Why the Word that was with God, the Word that was God, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. There are five main reasons, but because I'm good today, I'm going to give you only three. You can read the whole catechism, there's a whole section that gives the reasons of the incarnation. But 95% of us are not going to read it, including me. So I want to simplify it in the three reasons why the Word became flesh. The first one is that he came to teach us both about God and life. JP 2 has this beautiful phrase. He came to show us the human face of God and the divine face of humans. The word became flesh in order to show us God in a human way. In order to speak to us in a way we can understand. He came to reveal to us what it means to be who God is, but in a way we can understand. But also he came to reveal to us what it means to be, properly speaking, a human being. He came to teach us, as Benedict XVI says, the art of living. In the Prologue, John says, No one has ever seen God. The only Son of God who is at the Father's side has revealed him. Another translation says, The only Son of God who is at the Father's womb, who is next to the Father, whose ear is hearing the heart of the Father. No one has ever seen God. The only Son, the Word, God, with, was with God, who became flesh, who was at the Father's side, come from heaven, down to earth to reveal him to unveil him to speak to us about him God was too invisible too distant too transcendent to be seen and he sent his son as a mediation as a human channel it's like imagine I ask you please look at the sun first if you're in Oregon you say where is the sun Like, help me find it But imagine you can see the sun, and you are asked to see the sun eye to eye, like directly to the sun. Would you do that? You would not do that. Even if it's a solar eclipse, it can be dangerous. It can burn your retina. It's too much light. It's an excess of light. You need a filter. And that's what John is saying. The word became flesh and by becoming flesh by taking on a human nature he becomes a filter God can express himself to us in a human way he can speak to us human words in the actions of Jesus in the healing of the sick the consolation of those who suffer in all the things he said and in all the things he did we begin to understand God in a way that we were not able to do before. It's the fullness of the revelation of God. But also, he came to us to teach us not only about who God is and how God is, he also came to exemplify, to be a teacher, to be an example of how we should live in order both to be happy and to reach heaven. Siri, Alexia, Wikipedia cannot tell you everything. (laughs) And actually, some questions you make to them, they are kind of elusive. They don't answer. They can give you information. Where is the next Starbucks? Where is this restaurant? Where is this thing? But the wisdom of life, that's what Jesus comes to bring. So he comes to reveal to us the divine. Face of human. How a human being would be if he or she lives a perfect life, driven by heart filled with love. That's what Jesus did. So, as a human, Jesus suffered. He taught us how to suffer. Jesus experienced the death of his foster father, he experienced the death of a friend. He was rejected by others. He was bullied. He was persecuted. He was betrayed. He taught us how to forgive. He came, he taught us how to treat material things. Blessed are the poor in spirit. He taught us how to endure physical pain on the cross. And even how to endure mental issues, mental anguish, like in Gethsemane, and so on and so forth all the aspects of life that you are enduring right now. You can find an answer of how to live it in a proper way through the life of Jesus. He becomes the filter, the lenses, the example of how to live and also the meaning of who God is. The second reason we can find in the Gospel of John and in the Catechism why the Word became flesh is that he came to save us. The angel said to the shepherds, I proclaim to you great news. Today in the city of David, a Savior is born. This baby comes to save us. This baby comes to give his life on the cross. A little boy wrote a letter to Santa. Dear Santa, in my house there are three little boys. Paul, who is good, a good kid some of the time. John, who is good some of the time. Finally, Norman, who is good all of the time. I am Norman. (laughs) That's the story. I am not Norman. And maybe you are not Norman as well. There are many things in this life we don't do right. And maybe just as you come to this mass, as you reflect at the end of this 2019, so many things that maybe we have done wrong. We eat too much, we drink too much, we worry too much, we fight too much, and so on and so forth. So we truly experience both individually and also as a community in this world the need of a higher power, a higher grace to save us, to rescue us from sin. And that's why he came. That's why the father sent his son, not to leave us alone, not to leave us astray, but to be with us, to pitch his tent among us and in us to redirect the direction of history. John says today in this line of the prologue that is so powerful I truly recommend that you memorize it, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. This is in a line the essence of salvation. The light shines in the darkness. In a world that was dark, fallen. in a moment where humans were selfish, fighting with each other, the light shines. There is a new thing. There is a discontinuity. And the darkness cannot overcome it. Just think of like a place that is completely dark. You just light one match or turn on one light, and that dispels darkness. And the darkness can never overcome the light. And that's why we rejoice in Christmas. And that's why we renew our hope, because of the Incarnation, There is a principle of goodness, a principle of light, a principle of love planted in the middle of history. And it will grow more and more and more. And this is one of the things I was asking the Lord to personally renew me in this Christmas. Because you should ask God, you should ask jesus in this gift in this christmas a special gift as you receive gifts as you give gifts you should ask god to give you special gifts in this season there's a special grace and one of the graces i ask the lord is a grace to renew my hope this is a great kind of air of despair in this moment of society. Think of the political instability. Most of you might not be aware, but in Latin America, all many of the countries are undergoing so much instability. In the world, so much moral confusion. And even inside the church, things are not as stable or maybe as alive or as clear as we wish to face This challenging world and that's why this line is so powerful the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it that's why we can truly celebrate and say Merry Christmas and the last reason why God came to us to teach us to save us and finally and most beautifully to live in us. He came, yes, to teach us as an exterior example, as an objective model. He came to save us, to forgive us, to lift us up. But also, he came to live inside of us. The Word of God became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word of God became flesh in Bethlehem, next to Mary and Joseph, in a very poor setting, in a very specific time, in a very specific place, under a specific political government. But that line of the gospel also becomes true today through the power of the Holy Spirit. In you, if you believe, if you open your heart, the Word becomes flesh and dwells among us, dwells inside of us. That's one of the most powerful graces of Christmas. And that's why We should also pray for a deeper indwelling of his love, of his life in you. Last year, someone sent me this email. Father, I meant to tell you, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before at Christmas. So this person took a long time to send me the email. (laughs) But I remember you mixed up the words stable and manger a couple of times, that's because in Spanish we use the same word, pesebre, for stable and manger. During a homily, the stable is a house for animals and the manger is a box of animals eat from. I think you said a couple of times that Mary and Joseph were in the manger, which doesn't really make sense. It could make sense if you think that they are sitting on top of the manger, but I thought you you might want to know. I hope that this is helpful. It is very helpful. It was very helpful. Because in Spanish we say pesebre. In English we say stable. But inside the stable you have the manger. And Jesus was placed in a manger. That is a box from where animals eat from. In Spanish, the word manjare means to eat, and in French I cannot pronounce it, but it means the same, manjour. But this is very profound. The mystery of Christmas is not a mystery to remain outside you, but it's a mystery to be received, to become true and real in each one of us. Some, says the brother of John, did not accept him. They were indifferent. But to those who accept him, he gave power to become the children of God. May you be the last one.